The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Well, hello everybody, and welcome to another episode of Walk the Mile last episode I had with uh, Ali Gowan, if you were listening to it, I said that there was a possibility of making a series of uh, podcasts with Hods who've had COVID in the last couple of weeks. And here's part two of that series. Another Hod, head of department, that uh, contracted it more than a week ago. Pauline Chow, how are you, Pauline? Fine, thanks, Gary. And yourself? Um, not too bad. How how long were you isolating for with COVID? Oh, since Tuesday of week 10. So it's now school holidays, Sunday, yes. first day of school holidays, or first Sunday of school holidays. So that makes at least more than 10 days. Indeed. It came out yesterday. Yes. How was that? The first day out of isolation, how was that? Um, short and sweet, <laughs> but very tiring. Very tiring. So you still got symptoms? I've got a slight cough. Um, so what I've been doing is I wear a mask when I um, went and saw my parents yesterday. So I wanted to keep masked um, for the sake of my family and also for other people too. But um, other than that, the second line from the rat tests have disappeared, which is great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So you're testing positive for quite a while. Yes. Wow. This is my day six, I think. Mm. Still testing positive. Not feeling terrible, but yeah, it's interesting having not had it before, noticing all these other things, eh? Yes. Let's hope this will be the one and only time you and I get it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Lots of people coming down. How have you seen it affect this term at school? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of absences. What about in terms of just organisation and just running your department? It's touch, well, early part of the term, we've been pretty fortunate to not be so affected by it, other than our students contracting it and um obviously trying to make things easier for them, especially when they return to school. Um, so they don't have sort of the anxiety of wanting to catch up work. And so we really do our best to talk them through things. But um, staff wise, it's really more towards the end of the term when uh, family members were getting it. And so we might have some staff absences on days. But I think the worst was from week 10 onwards, because on the day that I 
came down positive with COVID was also the day of our Musical One concert. Right. And so I had to lean heavily on members of staff to um, carry through the concert and all the logistics that followed. Mm. I was really fortunate to be able to view the concert uh, through Eddie Goodfellow's Vimeo link that she provided me. Yeah. And it was great to see that the evening still progressed. Uh, I don't think it's easy for members of staff and I felt very um, sad that I wasn't there to help them um, through the evening as well because it was a busy evening and um, it was also the night that we decided to premiere the Year 7 Choir who sang two fairly major items in that concert. Right. Followed that by Easter Festival. Yeah, yeah, I missed that. Yes. Any Easter services. And you play a fairly important role in that too, Oh, no, just talking head. <laughs> but music also playing a huge part for the Easter celebration. And unfortunately, our director of choral, um, Alison Harrigan, was also unwell. So, again, it really fell to members of the music department and their various amazing skill sets mm. to pull, pull it all together. And thanks to the school for supporting them to enable them to pull through the evening. Yeah. I mean, it must be very reassuring to have so many skilled musicians in the, in the department. How hard is it to, if someone is missing, you're having a concert, you need someone to conduct or, you know, a company or whatever it might be, how hard is it to quickly fill in those roles? It's not always easy. And um, particularly if you're someone who have, has had very little association with that ensemble or you haven't been sitting through the rehearsals to see how the music has been taking shape, so we're fortunate in regards that we had some members of staff who are multiply involved in different ensembles. And so they were able to take over with some of the accompanying. But when you've got someone who's coming in cold for the first time, that can be quite confronting. Mm. You don't know how the students are going to respond. Yeah. You're not entirely sure the direction in which the music has been um, interpreted or taught. Yeah. And you really want to remain as faithful as you can to the work that's been done by the person before because they've laid down all the groundwork and foundation and you really want to be able to be true to their vision of how the music is going to be performed. So it can be um, quite high stakes. Yeah. But there's a lot more complexities, isn't it, to just being able to read music and play music it's, as you say, it's those dynamics, isn't it? The relationships, the trust, being able to, yeah, to, to show respect, I guess, to what's, as you said, to what's been done before. I guess on many occasions, people would step in and not know a lot of the kids that they're dealing with. And so just working through that as well. That's right. And particularly when you are dealing with younger students who may not know you and you're trying to instill confidence in them to carry through the performance that can be quite difficult 
So fortunately, we were able to have some members of staff return. Um, they had um, negative PCR tests who were able to come back and resume some of their um, roles and took over some of that direction as well. So um, as I heard from the Vimeo link that Eddie um, Goodfellow sent, the evening was quite beautiful and it's a lovely celebration of Easter. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the Easter festivals and the Easter service. And yeah, it was great. It was great to be an observer, in fact, to <laughs> not be thinking, you know, what's happening next and what have I got to do? And But just to take it in. I haven't had that um, experience before. So it was lovely to be part of it that way. When you're employing people if within the music department, are you uh, necessarily looking for people in that context that we just talked about? people who are a multifaceted if I don't know if that's the right word people who might be able to step in it might not be musically they might not be able to pay play a whole bunch of different instruments but uh, who you think can take on these tasks to coordinate or to manage whatever the situation might be it's not something that's on the forefront of my mind when I'm looking um, at new staff or um, interviewing potential staff. But I think helping them to have the confidence um, to, to do that is also important yeah. as well. And having faith in them and showing them that you have faith and confidence in everything that they can do helps to build that relationship and strengthen them to do it. But I think I'm very blessed in many ways to have members of staff who ended up being um, multiple, multiply talented. Yeah. And what about in terms of your own leadership? What does that help you to think in terms of your own leadership, in terms of responsibilities, in terms of delegating? I don't think I'm a very good delegator, but right. I am learning. Yes, and I mean especially now it's made me realise that given what's happened in the last two weeks to, in terms of how I share information with members of my staff, I think that's really important. But I think it's also been great too that people just were able to take the pieces of information I was able to provide them mm. and interpret and make it work for themselves too. Yeah, right. It's all very well to write down sets of instructions, but if it doesn't resonate with people in terms of how it should be done, yeah, you know, that's when you just have to understand and realise and respect that, all right, they, they are on survival mode as well and that yeah. you've got to let them have that space to do what's best for them. Yeah, I agree. And I think I've found that as well, just having to leave a number of things in people's hands you know it was two other weddings I've had to do and pass that over and the Easter festivals and even lessons you know religious education lessons and you can explain it as much as you want try to give as much detail but it's important you know to go well I've just got to leave it in their hands and it doesn't have to be the way that I wanted it to be or it doesn't have to be how I envisage it, just going to happen. Yes, I think that's an important part of being a, a leader. You don't always have to have your 
vision be the one that that comes to play I guess is that is that what you're saying I agree I really agree I think the main thing is so long as you can work together cohesively as a team and you have a shared idea the foundation of an idea of where you want to get to how you get there could be many different journeys yeah that's right coming together that way what about your journey i'm guessing that you learnt music from an early age yes <laughs> yes <laughs> were you one of these kids who started playing piano when you were how old i started when i was four four i was going to say four but i thought no that <laughs> might be rude <laughs> no <laughs> you started when you were four i'm guessing you did a whole bunch of exams and oh that came later, came later. Wasn't, yeah, yeah not when you were four i'm guessing no <laughs> I, I wasn't a prodigy <laughs> right no have you always enjoyed playing music? I mean, you do it for a living. You teach it for a living. Has there ever been a time, you know, sometimes I, I hear about students who they've had music lessons for a long time and they get to a point where they think, ah, you know, don't really want to do this. And I know my parents encouraged me to play piano when I was younger and I didn't, didn't do it and I wish I had. Was there a time in your life where you sort of resisted it or you got sick of it or I don't think I ever got sick of it or resisted it um maybe I should say I resisted it when my parents kept nagging me to practice yeah right and I but I played for myself for a really long time and um and I think I saw the um I guess the sort of practice pay off when I won a local Stedford competition. And it was really quite funny how, um, how, why this memory stays with me is because it was the one time that my mother actually decided to bite her tongue and not tell me to practice. Wow. She and I had been at loggerheads about practice and then she got tired of arguing with me and she said, all right, I'm not going to tell you to practice. And she really did. She really stopped nagging me to practice. But it happened to be a piece of music that I really loved right. and I really enjoyed playing it. And, and I think the love of that piece came through and I surprisingly won <laughs> that competition. It was very strange, um, but it was an event that really marked my uh, musical growth. Great. And that's important, isn't it? The love of music. What do you think it is? It's because I guess to, to challenge yourself, you might have to do things that you don't want to do, you know, practice your scales or practice whatever it is. But you might just want to play a whole bunch of show tunes or whatever. But to actually get better, if you want to get better, how do you move through that if you're not really enjoying it? And the thing that I try to explain to my students is that there's a light at the end of it. And I think that goes with anything in life, isn't it? You might not always see the purpose straight away, mm. but you have to explain to students anyway, as best as you can, that there is a purpose for this and, um, and show them 
the different ways why this will have a payoff moment yeah. at the end of it. And um, sometimes they see it, sometimes they're not ready to see it. Yeah. And, um, and it's until when it gets to critical points where they're finding they're not progressing in the way they would like, you just have to have that calm conversation with them to say, listen, dreary as these scales are, yeah. they actually have a playoff effect in terms of what you could do if you can master it. Yeah. And I guess it's up to the individual then, isn't it? Because you, right. you get all of year seven each year coming in to do music. And there'd be a lot of those kids who might not have ever picked up an instrument before or might not be that interested in playing an instrument. How do you enthuse someone who's, who may lack confidence in their musical ability? How do you enthuse them to, to keep going or to, to just enjoy playing it? Because I think a lot of people enjoy listening to music, don't they? But to actually enjoy playing it, to persist at it. I think when they're involved in a group and or um, activity together, and that's a lot of the things that we do in year seven, where students uh, form uh, or they're gathered into small groups and they're asked to create uh, musical arrangements. And I think once they can unpick the pieces of the puzzle and then learn to put it all together, they have a great satisfaction in doing that. And mm. And they have fun in the process as well because they actually get into then a creative mode. Um, they understand, oh, these are the different musical blocks I can use to put a very creative arrangement together. Mm. And so whilst they're having fun in doing that, they have, you know, they have a great musical outcome as well at the end of it. Yeah. I don't think there's much better than playing in a band with <laughs> other people. Yes, um, we've played in a band once before. We've played in we? bands, that's right. <laughs> but there, there's something, it's, it's something beyond the music, isn't there? It's, I know we call it synergy or there's some sort of connection. It's, it's hard to describe when, when you're playing with other people and enjoying that. And I think that was brought um, to the forefront particularly during the lockdown periods. And, um, and you see that phenomenon globally where um, people in Europe would stand in their balcony and they would start singing a song. And the next thing you know, their neighbour from a block across the street picked up their instrument to join in as well. And it's creating that sense of community, um, mm. but having that common ground and love of that tune maybe or um, yeah. or folk song that they might know. And I think what we did for the past year, particularly last year's end of year item using Beethoven's Ode to Joy, it was a tune that everybody knew. Yeah. And just giving everyone that opportunity to learn their part and bringing it together also helped to develop that sense of community within our school too. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's right. I think there's there's something spiritual about it too, isn't there? I think with music, uh, I spoke about this with Lanika Jones, who's uh, part of the primary school music department a while ago in another podcast. But there is something when talking about, when she was talking about choirs and people singing together. Mm. I was watching the uh, rugby yesterday 
Fiji and Jura against the Brumbies. And Brumbies oh, yes. Of course. <laughs> but they were singing, the Fijian team, singing in the, in the dressing rooms beforehand. It was so powerful, them just standing there singing together. And there is something bonding. There's something about being able to use music together. You know, you see people go to dance parties and all of that type of thing, which does something to us, which is almost inexplicable. That's right. Music is can be incredibly abstract, but yet at the same time, it has this ability to pull people together in times of um, in critical moments too. Mm. Um, I think um, most recently I saw a short video clip of um, the Ukrainian orchestra that performed um, for the people who were still um, behind in, I think it was in the town of Kaviv. And and the orchestra was playing and, and you had this crowd of people that just stood together in solidarity because the orchestra was trying to give people hope and meaning through this very, you know, stressful and critical time. The next thing you could hear was air raid sirens coming and the orchestra then quickly dispersed to seek shelter. And I just thought to myself, wow, that was just a really powerful moment to be able to give something as a musician to people but yet at the same time you're under this immense um, situation which makes no sense. Mm, mm, that's right. So it's more than just, I guess, teach, the teaching of music is more than just the learning of notes and time signatures and so on. But it is something about, well, it's part of a holistic education. Would you say that? Yes, I would say most definitely say that. And I think it is crucial in so many ways. Um, There's been a lot of research done in past years of how music can affect the way we learn. Mm. But I think there's something very primal in all of us um, to be, you know, with music to begin with. in terms of how children can recognise their mother's voices and and then little simple melodies and Mm. growth from there. But unfortunately, it's not always been nurtured and, you know, and I hope to be able to provide that with music education. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Those sorts of things, it's hard to... Like, obviously, you can teach it. You can teach the, the notes and all those things we talked about before, the theoretical side of it, but to actually inspire people to to feel it, to enjoy it, that's a bit more difficult, but it's there. It's there in everybody, I think. Yes, I think it's definitely there for everyone, but as, you know, as I have said, you know, it means different things to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. um, You know, I I might listen to a particular piece and think, oh, that's, you know, that's incredibly moving. But then to someone else, it might be, oh, gosh, that's really boring. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. That's just a mystery, I think. You know, I, was, I used to cry at Wiggles concerts <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> and it wasn't because I just wanted to get out of there. <laughs>
So when you're thinking about music, you head of music, how long have you been head of music for? Three years, four years, five years? I think this is my fourth year now. Four years, four years. And you've, but you've been teaching music at Skeggs for how long? 20-something years. 20, coming, coming to my 21st, this is my 21st year. That's... 21 years. Well done. <laughs> so you've obviously seen uh, a progression, a change. What would you like to see? If you, if you could have a bit of a dream about where you'd like to see music going. I asked this of Ali where she'd like to see sport going. She'd say a lot more kids doing sport, a um, lot more kids just enjoying sport. I'm sure you'd say the same thing about music. What, what could be some specific things which you'd like to see happen with your music vision? We've never really had an orchestra before at Skeggs. And I'd really love to see that somehow in the busyness of our um, co-curricular scheduling, we could make time to right. bring the forces together to create a symphony or some sort of collaboration. Yeah, and, yeah. and we do do this from time to time, but it's also finding, well, finding the time to, and a project. I'd also love to give um, students a musical future and for them to see that there is a possibility in a pathway of music and beyond. I'm not saying that every student has to be a musician when they yeah. leave Skeggs, but I'd also like that to be something that they can fall on to enjoy and love, that, um, to encourage everyone to find some aspect or some way that they can participate in it. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that as Skeggs, and we've got a great um, tradition of it, is through singing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has a voice. That's right. And it's been lovely, you know, there's been a few students, as I said, I do a lot of weddings and there's been a few students who've helped me out in terms of singing, in terms of playing the organ, in terms of being a part of an ensemble for those things, so different events. And, uh, and some of those have really enjoyed that. Funerals as well, unfortunately, they've sung at a few funerals, but, mm. but they've made a bit, of, a bit of a thing out of that. Mm. A wedding next week where one of our students from last year will be singing at that wedding, which is really nice. So it's lovely to, it's not just encouraging their, you know, their skill, but it's nice to have them still involved in the, in the if we want to call it the Skeggs process or community or whatever it is. Absolutely. And we're also really lucky to have some old girls who um, are part of a very creative music community in terms of their composers. So yeah. people like Georgia Scott, yep. uh, Aristea Melos, yep. and even one of our um, current tutors, um, percussion tutors, Jane Groves. She, um, all three of these women write music for ensembles. Hmm. And then we've also got a couple of um, past students too who are um, performing in the musical sphere. Um, Anna Dowsley um, as a singer and a um, and couple of other ex-students who are involved um, globally in um, different music ensembles and orchestras. So yeah. I think it's really great that we've got that. Yeah. I'm sure there's quite a few that 
like myself, have joined garage rock bands and played to five people on a Saturday night at someone's 50th birthday party. <laughs> I'm more than five there's, people. There's a place for, I, I honestly believe there's a place for every musical style and, <laughs> and I think music can be, you know, can mean many different things to many people. And That's I don't right. think... And I don't think there's, you know, ever one that precedes another. <laughs> That's right. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a good thing. Good thing to do. And finally, what's the most challenging thing you find about being a music teacher? Because as we said before, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea or even before they even know whether it's their cup of tea. They're going to go, oh, I can't do that or whatever it might be. What's the most challenging thing for you over your, your multiple years of experience as a music teacher? How long have you taught music for? Longer than your time at Skeggs? Longer than my time at Skeggs. I think one of the most difficult things with teaching music, because it is quite an abstract um, art form, is helping students to find meaning and and helping them to fit, um, find that connection, particularly if they've had limited access to it right. before. Um, actually, it's interesting. One of my ex-students whom I caught up with over the holidays said to me, you know, Miss Chow, I'm so glad I ended up doing music for the HSC. Not because that I'm a musician. Now. She's actually working in the um, insurance sector. <laughs> But she said it taught me a whole range of skills, which has actually come in handy now when I have to be in this high pressure role of presenting to people where things fail or things aren't working, but you know that the show has to go on. Yeah, and, right. you find, and you find that inner strength to push through. And I would hope that even, as I said, if students don't go on to do music after school, they find some skill set or um, something from their time of studying music with me that they can still use to get them through. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure that I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that they've learned from learning music, you know, just that perseverance and persistence and a whole bunch of good things. So good on you. Well, thanks for talking today, Pauline. Well, thank I you. I appreciate Gary. it. Hope you continue to get stronger and better. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoy the outside world. I shall. I'm hopefully stepping out tomorrow. So to see go. more of you, Gary. <laughs> uh, and if anyone's got any questions about music or about anything that's been said today, we very much appreciate your feedback. Always welcome feedback. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you're well and uh, look forward to seeing you face to face sometime. Take care. Bye.